All right. So we should be live right now. Welcome, everybody, to Imano Talk. We are here with a special edition of the show called the SmartCast Sessions. For those who've never uh, gotten to see exactly what the SmartCast Sessions are, or at least hear what the SmartCast Sessions are, this is the wrestling portion of the show. I have my co-host with me, Kevin, today. Say what's up to the people, Kev. Yo. Uh, me and Kev, we love to discuss wrestling. We've literally been watching it since we were kids together. Uh, now... As grown men, we still watch it together. We plan on going to WrestleMania together and hopefully NXT TakeOver. We were actually just discussing those plans. Uh, but we wanted to at least like, give a couple of updates as far as wrestling's been since 2020 started, right before the Royal Rumble. I feel like we got a pretty decent amount to talk about, Kev, but how's your week been otherwise? Um, I mean, my week's been pretty good. Um, Wrestling-wise, it's been whatever. Um, you know, definitely sad about uh, the passing of Neil Peart. Um that, that was just unexpected for me, and um, I don't know. I'm sure you heard about that. Yeah, uh, Neil Peart, for people who don't know, he was a drummer and a lyricist of the band Rush. Probably the greatest drummer of all time as far as influence goes. Um, I, I like what Mike Portnoy said about him, is that how people look at like Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen to guitar is what Neil Peart was to drums. Now, a fun fact about Kevin and I that people may not know just yet, or at least maybe about me because I have the music side of the show as well, um, I used to play guitar. Kev was actually a drummer and we've been in bands before. And I, I, I know Kev absolutely digs Neil Peart. He used to talk about him all the time when we were younger. Um, Kev, anything you want to say about the passing? I definitely want to say it, it is a sad moment in the, in the time of music. Um, but as far as like a drummer's point of view goes, how, how are you feeling about all that? Yeah, it's, it's just crazy because um, that's someone that like I grew up, obviously, like like everyone else has which is just insane just how many people connect with that guy um i've grown up with him like my entire life grew up with him as a kid obviously obviously not personally but um just always listening to so just even i even when i wasn't really into rush as a band i would always listen to some of their songs just for him playing and i would watch a lot of their live videos to watch him play and even just growing up becoming a drummer um, I would watch videos of him, so many videos that I would watch, uh, drum lessons, things like that. It was a lot of times he was in those. And it just goes to show like how respected he was overall in, in the drumming community all across the world. It, it's pretty, um, pretty much everyone's on the same page where, you know, he is one of the best, if not the best drummer out there, it, at least in like with rock music. Um, but yeah, and, and it's just weird. The, the weird thing is I was talking to a friend about this uh, yesterday. Um, even though we weren't uh, the biggest Rush fans growing up recently in the past few weeks or months or so, um, we've been getting a lot more into Rush. Like it's it's like it wasn't connecting with us too much before, but Neil, Neil Peart was always uh, connecting. But uh, now it's like it, it all is just I'm, I'm super into all of it now. Like it's it's just I don't know. I'm I'm. It's just weird with the timing that like now that I'm recently really getting into them like that this happened. So I don't know. That was an even bigger shock to me. So um, luckily, though, we always have his music to, to listen to. So um, that, that's that's obviously the, the good thing about that. Yeah, absolutely. And like one of the things I was going to bring up, you mentioned, uh, you know, Neil Peart being an amazing drummer overall, but you were specifically saying how you would watch his live videos. Now, how I got into Rush was when I was a kid, um, it was I think it was called Palladium, the channel, but it was like a, a music channel and Rush Live came up and the song that caught my ear and still one of my favorite songs to this day is Resist by Rush. 
absolutely a great song if you haven't heard it before i absolutely recommend it um but if you if you've never listened to rush at all i definitely suggest you know maybe checking out a song or two of theirs but try and watch them live because you get to see neil pert go off every single time they're live his drum solos and just the way he was and even like just looking at his drum set in general it shows you how great of a musician he really was uh because he just had everything in his arsenal literally it was like he was always surrounded by cymbals and pads and all kinds of different things and it's just really you know inspirational to watch a musician like that and it's sad to hear that that he's passed and i think the thing that hits me the most is you know the fact that he passed away from brain cancer um so for things for something people don't know my uncle um is currently going through a battle with brain cancer so to see him pass away from brain cancer definitely hit home and it makes you want to hold the family a little closer um but yeah we want to definitely tribute neil pert rest in peace neil pert uh, a influential influential musician and if you haven't heard of him check out rush check out neil pert just watch some videos if you can because he's truly a one of a general one time in a generation kind of artist um but you know we'll, we'll leave it there you know may rest in peace his memory live on his music will definitely live on forever um but let's jump on into this wrestling i mean I've I've been all over social media this week um tributing the royal rumble it's my absolute favorite pay-per-view as far as wrestling goes um the first one we tributed was the 2006 royal rumble which kev i think you were there too right uh the one that ray mysterio won yes that one yeah and i i was there as well so i i attributed yesterday the 2006 royal rumble uh ray mysterio won if you watch at the end of him winning that royal rumble you could actually see me at the end uh right after like jerry lawler yells out like latino heat lives forever you're gonna see a little scrawny jewish kid holding up a rest in peace eddie guerrero sign you can actually catch me on that. Today's tribute was actually toward the 2001 Royal Rumble where Stone Cold Steve Austin won his third Rumble in a row. Um, and not only that, Drew Carey was in the Royal Rumble and he tried paying Kane off to not get you know hurt in the Royal Rumble. And then he eliminated himself, which was smart on his part because Kane at the time set a record of eliminating 11 contestants out of the Royal Rumble. And Fun fact that people may not know, R-Truth, 30-time 24-7 champion, debuted uh, in a Royal Rumble match at the 2001 Royal Rumble. That was when he was known as K-Quick when he was tag-teaming with the road dog Jesse James. So a couple of fun facts as far as the Royal Rumble goes, but there's a lot of speculation as far as the Royal Rumble goes. Am I right, Kev? Uh, Because we're hearing a lot of shit going on right now. But as far as that goes, um, let's start this off with Monday Night Raw. So on Monday Night Raw, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman came on out to announce that there are no challengers for the Universal title because Brock Lesnar just, you know, victimizes and destroys and everything Paul Heyman says as far as that goes. Uh, Every single opponent that's coming his way. So in order for him to test his, I guess, strength and willpower and all that good stuff, Brock Lesnar has decided to Enter the Royal Rumble at the number one position. How are you feeling about that? that I think that's honestly interesting. You know, um, maybe other people aren't into that, but I, I'm fine with it, honestly. Um, it'll be interesting to see a lot of the potential matchups, especially if uh, the NXT wrestlers are a part of that. You know, we could see Keith Lee or Matt Riddle. Just the, I, I hate the fact that uh, this is the time they're like they're you know, cheesy gimmicky shit is actually working where it's like, Oh, it could be anyone, you know, he could Brock could face literally anyone. So, you know, you might as well buy a ticket to the Royal Rumble or watch, watch it, get the WWE network and stream it. So um, it actually kind of works. So I'm, I'm into it. 
Yeah, I'm definitely into it too. I, I like the fact that he's entering number one because obviously that means he has to face every single person in the Rumble. And I can only imagine that he's either going to last the entire time in the Rumble and then whoever's last is going to eliminate him or whoever comes out at number two, I feel like is going to be a surprise and eliminates him quickly or that he gets eliminated within the first 10 entrants. Now, as far as this goes, now you mentioned NXT, right? One thing I would like to see, because now we're going to talk a little dream booking. One thing I would like to see personally, uh, given the fact that they both have MMA backgrounds, I would love to see Matt Riddle get an entry into the Royal Rumble and either eliminate him or they just get to at least face off because I think that would be a great matchup. I doubt that'll happen. Um, but one other one that popped up was Drew McIntyre, who's kind of been getting like a, a 50-50 face push. You know, he's not really going full over face, uh, but he's getting that face push a little bit. So this way the fans can interact positively with him rather than him getting that heel heat. Um, because, you know, Lesnar's obviously the heel. Les Lesnar with the title, every everybody fucking hates Lesnar. I don't know why, but... You know, that's just how the fans are because he's never really there. Um, so someone that could match up to him that's never faced him, that could beat him believably is Drew McIntyre. That Claymore kick is fucking deadly. Um, is there any dream bookings you see for yourself in this one? Um, I don't I don't even know who is a part of the Royal Rumble. So um, it's kind of hard to say, honestly. I obviously want to see, I would love to see like uh, Samoa Joe versus Brock again. I'd be really into that. Um, obviously, Kevin Owens versus Brock. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I really like the fact that they actually have Brock as number one because um, I, I do want him to last a long time because it would just be a lot of interesting matchups you could do right then and there. Um, and a lot of those don't need a full match even at that. So I think it's the perfect time to be doing that. So I have a list here of who's entered the Men's Royal Rumble. So we already know Lesnar's going in at number one. Uh, Roman Reigns swears up and down that he's going to win and headline his fifth WrestleMania, which God forbid that ever happens. King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Eric Rowan, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Elias, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Otis, and Tucker. Now, I I have kind of like a, I don't want to say it's a hot take, but I, I, I call it a hot take because it's going to draw a lot of heat. And I kind of want to see this happen. And it kind of leads into what you and I talked about yesterday. Now, my idea of what I think should happen with the Royal Rumble, because I think this is honestly the best thing you could do with the Royal Rumble if you want to draw real heat and like get real pissed off fans, have Lesnar win it. Have Lesnar win it. Why the fuck not? He'll destroy everybody or everybody will destroy each other and he'll convincingly destroy those who come in his path, right? Have him go on Raw the next night. And I'll give like a slight imaginary drum roll for the people who are watching. They could see. But Kev, who is it that you would like to see Lesnar face off against that you said you saw rumors happening with? Uh, John Cena. John Cena, right? Cena could come out on Monday night and challenge Lesnar. And I think that would set up a great match at WrestleMania 36. How do you, how do you feel about that kind of rumor? Um, I don't know if everyone would be into it, but I... It's, it's weird because I, I would be into it. It's just that, like, I was so anti-Cena for a long time. But it was just because um, it was too much Cena. I still think Cena is, like, one of the greatest. But um, it's just you can't oversaturate anyone. So um, I, I think now that he's been away for a long time, him versus Lesnar would be a, a good matchup, especially with the, the fact that if Cena wins this, uh, this title this time, he will finally uh, beat Ric Flair's uh, record and be, I think he would have won the WWE championship more than anyone at that point. Yep. He, he would have been the most, I guess like the most reigns as a world champion. Yeah. Cause um, Ric Flair has 16. He has 16. So it, no, one's, no one's reached now. 17. 
And what makes more sense is that he lives in Tampa. He lives right around that whole area. So that works for him as well. And even at that, he could do like a temporary run back and drop the belt real quick to somebody else. Or the other situation would be is that have him come out, challenge Lesnar, have them start kind of going back and forth with the mind games. Have Lesnar defend the title like at Elimination Chamber and have Cena cost him the title. I think that could happen as well because you could also put someone like a Drew McIntyre into that kind of situation if Drew doesn't win the Royal Rumble, right? I don't know if I would say I would want Drew McIntyre to get strapped up with the, uh, not the Universal, the WWE title at a pay-per-view like Elimination Chamber since WrestleMania is so close, but it would help attribute to what's going to happen at WrestleMania, which would be like Cena versus Lesnar. Um, But I kind of like all those outcomes between like Lesnar versus Drew, Lesnar versus Cena. And a dream matchup that I highly doubt will happen is going to be Matt Riddle versus Lesnar. I think that would be a great matchup as well. Um, but who's who? Who knows? Because the Royal Rumble is such an unpredictable like match uh, that now we're also hearing rumors that Edge may even be coming back. Russell Votes even tweeted, you know, you think you know me. Uh, Edge dropped off of the ENC podcast to awesomeness. He's been in Philadelphia, or not Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, uh, getting evaluated apparently. It sounds very likely that Edge is going to come back. I think the Rumble match would be perfect for him. And even with like the Randy Orton situation happened where Randy Orton faked the whole injury with AJ Styles, Edge's name got brought up in that whole situation. So maybe, you know, the Rumble could be like a a, a sort of like lead into a WrestleMania match as a final match with like him and Randy Orton, which I would love that matchup, Randy Orton versus Edge. I don't want to see Randy Orton versus AJ Styles again at WrestleMania because we just saw it last year. So why are we going to, you know, lead into that? But I think that's why they're trying to fool us, kind of like trick us a little bit by saying that AJ Styles is going to face Randy Orton at WrestleMania to kind of swerve us at the Rumble with Edge coming out and maybe Edge and Randy Orton kind of having a program leading into WrestleMania. Um, But how are you feeling about Edge potentially coming back? It'd be interesting to see. Um, I mean, I'd obviously be into the idea of an Edge return, but... I always just worry when a, a wrestler is gone for a long time and, and they come back and they're obviously older now. Uh, so I, and just everything he's gone through, I, I just worry. Oh, yeah, let alone him with his neck. Yeah, um, exactly. So um, like, I, like I said, I'm into the idea of it, but I'm just, we'll see what happens. You know, I don't really, I'm not setting any expectations uh, at all. And like, who knows how they're going to even use him if he is going to come back. So we'll see. I really have no expectations. Yeah, we'll probably leave the Rumble right there. The last thing I want to say is that there's also a rumor that Paige may even come back at the Rumble because she just signed a brand new five-year deal with WWE. Um, But we'll get into the Rumble a little more in two weeks. Actually, uh, for those who don't know yet, Imano Talk will be hosting a SmartCast Sessions watch party of the Royal Rumble. I will be live with Kevin. We will be together watching the Royal Rumble. We'll be streaming it off of the channel. Uh, You could see us watching along with it, our reactions, our takes as it is happening live. Uh, So on January 26th at 6 p.m., make sure you tune on in. The day before on the 25th, we will release our predictions for the Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver. Um, So there's also that the Worlds Collide NXT TakeOver. So we'll be releasing those that Saturday morning. And then that Sunday night, we will be available for you guys to watch along with us. I'm actually very excited about that, but we'll get more into the Royal Rumble down the line. Some things that have happened, though, since 2020 started, Wrestle Kingdom 14 happened. Uh, I haven't gotten around to watch all of it yet. I know Kev is still yet to check out most of it as well. Uh, But I do want to take a moment to mention the Osprey verse. I, I think he went against Tanahashi or Takahashi. I always get them confused with the names, um, but it was the ace. I know that's what they usually call him, but I 
cannot believe that match. So, Kev, if you haven't gotten around to watching that match, definitely watch that match. Uh, the John Moxley Lance Archer match is also pretty crazy. Lance Archer is becoming one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, very, very like into his character kind of guy. He's always like trying to terrorize like the fans and the security guards, you know, to really like play into his badass like redneck kind of gimmick that he has going on. Not really like redneck, but you know, he just has that American badass kind of vibe to him. Not trying to take it from the Undertaker, but. You got to see it to understand it, I guess, in a sense. But him versus Moxley was also a great matchup. Um, there's just a whole lot you really can't miss with Wrestle Kingdom 14. But I'm really excited to announce that Imano Talk has been granted media passes to cover New Japan on the New Beginnings USA tour when they do come to Miami on January 30th. So our Thursday episode on January 30th um, will drop probably on Friday for you guys to listen to and watch. But I will be reporting live, you know, taking some IG videos and Twitter videos for you guys to see from the New Beginnings uh, USA Tour in Miami. I will be there live. So I'm definitely excited about that. It's a great opportunity that was presented to us. And, you know, within less than a year, it's crazy to think that that's the kind of opportunity that is being presented. But I'm definitely proud to say that we worked our asses off to be there. Uh, so catch us live at New Japan's the New Beginning USA Tour when they do hit Miami on January 30th. I will be reporting live. But moving on, uh, AEW, man. AEW's really been stepping up. I'm excited to say that I will also be at Dynamite next week at the Bash in the Beach, uh, Bash at the Beach edition. There's one hell of a card lined on up, but let's, you know, take a little bit of a step back. They started 2020 off on a clean slate. Everybody basically started 0-0. Um, and I got to say, it was like the entire show started on a fresh slate. It felt like the two months previous leading into 2020 were kind of like a warm-up. Um, because when they started off with that episode in Jacksonville, it, it was a great episode. Honestly, they got to let their, their upcoming stars flourish a little more. Um, Cody versus Darby. I felt like Darby was the, uh, the star of that matchup because of the fact that he got to flex his capabilities. You had MJF, you know, taunting fans, taking hats off of fans, throwing it, kissing the female fans, and then calling them rats and walking away. Uh, Sammy Guevara even got to pick up a victory in that night. So I got to say... You know, if, if you haven't been tuning into AW since the start of 2020, they're definitely on the up and up. Uh, but I'm excited to be there next week. Now, as far as the card goes next week, Kev, did you get a little preview of what the card is next week? Have you have you seen the the flyers that have, they've been dropping? Nope, I have not been paying attention to that, honestly. All right, so they've announced five matches. Now, they've announced five matches and the fact that Cody will respond to MJF's um, stipulations as far as like his proposal goes. Now the matchups are, and you're gonna—I think you're gonna really love this first one. But Pack versus Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara versus John Moxley, Chris Statlander and uh, Ikaro Shida. I always feel like I get the Japanese wrestlers' names wrong. Versus Awesome Kong and Mel. Then you have MJF and the uh, the Butcher and the Blade versus DDP, QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes, and then. Basically, what I would assume is going to be the main event is a four-way tag match with the winner receiving a World Tag Team Championship match with SCU. And that match is the Young Bucks versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Santana and Ortiz versus Best Friends. I I am fucking excited now. That, that card next week, just for a show on TV, I think that's actually a pretty full card. And the following week is when they're going to be on the Jericho crew. So I feel like they're going to treat these next few weeks like it's a pay-per-view. Yeah, um, that, that does sound like actually a good card. I might have to watch that. Um, 
you know, AEW, when they're on their shit, it's great. It's just, um, for me recently, they haven't been on their shit. So um, a match like a, a match card like that, I would definitely be into watching, especially for Pac versus Darby Allen. Um, that's going to be a one hell of a match. I don't think people realize what's going to happen with that match. I think that's going to be a crazy ass match because Pac has been high intensity lately as far as like taunting Kenny Omega and attacking Michael Nakazawa. And then Darby Allen is only, what, 22, 23 years old. And this kid's been picking up nothing but pure momentum moving forward. Um, but I, I got to say, have you watched, you know, the last two weeks of AEW? Have you gotten to catch up on Dynamite? No, I haven't been watching probably the last five or six episodes, honestly. Yeah, because I know they, they kind of lost your interest and I didn't blame you. I You know, I, I solely kept up just to see if they were going to ramp things up. And honestly, they have. So I, I would say start off with the episode that started 2020 off. You know, the, the New Year's Day episode that was in Jacksonville. And even last week was pretty damn good. I, um, I heard the, I heard the, the, the first episode of the year was good, but the one after was, was a not as great. Yeah, it kind of it kind of like mellowed out a little bit on the last episode, I think, because they're trying to save like more, you know, power for this bash at the beach and then leading into the Jericho cruise. Um, but yeah, that first episode was really great. Uh, but still that second episode, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't think it was anything terrible. The first week I gave honestly a eight out of 10. And then this last week, it was probably like a six and a half, seven out of 10. It was just solid. It wasn't like anything spectacular, but that first week was actually pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, make sure, dude, you watch watch this bash at the beach. I feel like this is where they're going to make that turnaround that I've been telling you about, that they needed a little time. I, I think this bash at the beach and then leading into the Jericho Cruise is exactly what they're going to need uh, to kind of propel the quality of their show into the status that they need it to be at. Uh, AEW is definitely going to do something 2020. I'm, I'm excited to see what they got to do because a lot of people went in there with way too much hype and they don't give honest criticism, and I feel like it was kind of steering them the wrong way. I feel like Tony Khan is kind of getting, you know, his shit together as far as, like, the way he acts, because uh, I think on social media he was kind of acting out a little too much. But I think everything is coming together with them. I think they're starting to, you know, grow with the lessons that they're learning. Um, but is there anything you're looking forward to as far as AEW goes? Uh, I just want to see, uh, in general, Pack Darby Allen. I want to see what Moxley does. Just there, there's key guys in that in that um, in that um, promotion that I just am more into than some of the other ones. And I think it's a lot of it is that I'm just not familiar with some of these wrestlers. But also, I just think that those guys are really they really know how to tell a story and how to sell uh, certain moves. So I don't know. There's I think I just think they have just an advantage that other wrestlers don't have, um, and in general, uh, with AEW, um, oh man, no, I'm drawing a blank. What was I going to say? Um, with Pack and, and Darby Allen, um, Darby Allen is one of those guys who uh, he's not a WWE guy, but I'm like really into. Oh, and what I was going to say was um, Jack Evans and Angelico. They're they're like an exception for me. I want to see a lot more of them. I want them to be booked a lot more seriously, and like they they should be at the t- the top of the tag team division. I think that. Uh, while you have such a good tag team division, I think they should be at the top. And they're, I don't think they're getting the proper booking. And sure, you may say that they will at some point or whatever, but I think their time is now. I think they should be making a, a high impact. And I don't know. I haven't been watching, like I said, the last month to month and a half. But um, when I was watching, they were a team to me always stood out. And I just think that um, they weren't doing uh, quite enough for, for my liking. I don't know how you feel about that. 
Yeah, well, they've been held off TV since 2020 started. Um, but they are a team that I think needs to be put into the spotlight more because, in all honesty, I don't think you need a whole Hangman Page and Omega tag team situation, but I understand that they're trying to have a whole Hangman is separating himself from the elite kind of situation. And it makes sense, but you're also kind of suppressing the other tag teams that you have because Private Party could have filled the spot and Helico and Jack Evans could have filled the spot. The Dark Order could have filled the spot because the Dark Order has beef right now with SCU and with the Young Bucks. So there's a few different ways you could have gone about it. I mean, even the Butcher and the Blade would have been a great pick to put in there. And and see, you say all these names and all of the names that you've mentioned, they've booked them more importantly and more prominently uh, in roles that that uh and helico and jack evans are not at and i think that's that's it's not right i think like dark order should not be put in a more prominent spot than them they're not as good as a team i'm sorry they're just not um to me like they are that team that is like they're the ones making me tune in and i don't know like i get that like maybe their gear looks too indie or whatever but like for me it it doesn't matter their wrestling is so good that it it gets them by so i i don't care i just want to see more of them wrestle well, I think if Private Party is going to have stupid outfits and get TV time, then I think Angelico and Jack Evans are kind of owed the same situation. But, exactly. you know, just the ultimate point was being the fact that they're a legitimate tag team and Omega and Hangman Page aren't. I can understand that Omega and Hangman have a, a certain sort of, you know, storyline to follow through with, but they don't need to be put in tag team situations for, the, you know, I think it's been like the last like three, four weeks that they have been. Um, so it's just one of those things like, you you could have gone a different route, but it's still understandable. I'm not still upset with it. I, I don't have any problems with Hangman Page or with Kenny Omega. They're both incredible wrestlers. Uh, but it's just the fact that you have up-and-coming stars that need the star power that Hangman Page and Omega have already. And you're kind of just like shunning them off to the side. And, you know, I feel like those are those characteristics we brought up in the past where AEW does certain things that WWE does and that WWE would get criticism for. But nobody's holding them accountable to that, uh, and I, I blame AEW. I kind of almost blame the fans. I and I think uh, overall, Kenny Omega needs to be like it needs to have already happened, where he needs to be treated better on that show. And it's weird. I get that they're they're saving it, whatever, but it's taking too long. Like they're it's like Kenny Omega has not been interesting or booked well in a long time at this point, and I don't think at all on AEW really. Um, and it's weird because it's kind of the opposite for me for Hangman Page. I think Hangman Page, they need to pull back a little bit and not put him in such an important role. Like, while he is, yes, a very good wrestler, um, I just only have so much of an interest in that guy. And maybe that's just me, but that that's that's just how it is for me. I mean, um, it, it might be different for everyone else, but um, as far as my taste goes, I, I see Kenny Omega on a whole different uh, level than, than Hangman Page. Kenny Omega, to me, is a main eventer. I don't think Hangman Page is. I just don't see him as like a, a true um, AEW world champion, whereas I do see that in Kenny Omega. Yeah, I, I can feel you on that. And the thing I think that's taking away from Hangman, because I, I think Hangman is a main event caliber star. Is he there yet? No, he's not. But he's only 27 or 28 years old, so he still has time to develop to get there and to really get into his prime because he, you got to remember, he's one of these guys that are fresh on TV. But... I think one thing that's taking away from like Kenny Omega, how you're saying like it doesn't feel like he's really a part of a quality storyline is because he's like 50-50 in this storyline with Hangman Page. And then he has a 50-50 storyline going on with Pac. Well, where's where's the storyline headed? Because I'm confused because it feels like, all right, is it going to be Omega versus Hangman or is it going to be Omega versus Pac? Because Pac is demanding his rubber match. 
but then it feels like Hangman and him aren't getting along. So it's like, well, which way are you taking Kenny? It just feels like you have Kenny planted right in the middle and then Pac has one arm, Hangman has the other, and they're pulling him in opposite directions and they're just going to tear him in half. And it's just going to kind of ruin what he has going on or just anything he has going on. Uh, he came off on a strong foot from New Japan and it's just like for where he's at now, it just feels like not only did he plateau, but it's like he took a dive and then plateaued at the bottom. He's got to come back and do something great. I, I don't know where or when it's going to be. I don't think a third pack match is what's going to fix that for him. No, I think all. the Hangman Page storyline would probably be a little better for him. But I just feel like they're they're just so 50-50 on both storylines that it's like the only element of surprise is just like, all right, well, which match is going to come first? And you're not really as excited for it because it's just like you're so frustrated as a fan to wonder, well, how how are they going to come about this? Because you're just so sick of seeing two storylines happen at once for one story, or for not one storyline, but for one superstar, you know? Yeah, and I just wouldn't have booked themselves in, in the... If I were them, I wouldn't have booked ourselves in the position that it it they're in now because it's like, how do you get out of that? And maybe they'll come up with something. Maybe they've had something planned. Um, we'll see. But um, to me, it's taken a little too long. It's like, okay, it should have happened already. Um, it, like, you should already be building him back up at this point. And like I said, I haven't been watching recently, so I don't know if they are on that track or not. But um, from what I saw in, in the past, it was just already like, man, this, this has been going on for like a while, even – even like in in just like the um the the pay-per-views they had before they started being a weekly television show it just didn't it wasn't that booking that he had in new japan where he was treated like the star that he is so i don't know i, I just think i i always have like an idea when it comes to wwe and they have like uh they're doing something shitty i usually have like an idea where i'm like or several ideas where i'm like well they could do this 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 and it would be a lot better i think um, but with this, I'm like, I don't know where you go with this, honestly. Like, I, I, I wouldn't have started to begin with this way. I would have like started off with that Jericho Omega thing, and I don't know if I would have had Jericho as the first champion. I might have just started with Kenny as the first champion because you could always uh, save Jericho for later, I think, and you could have still kept him in a in a prominent role. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. I might be getting a little off topic at that point, but um, we'll we'll see what happens with Kenny Omega. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with. Kenny, like in the current storyline that he's going on, I feel like, you know, you could have had the third match with Pac had you not started this whole like hangman removing himself from the elite kind of situation, you know? Um, I mean, you know, the one thing I would probably say as far as Omega goes and like him being the first champion, it depends how they built that up. But like you said, it's kind of off topic and it, it's a whole other conversation that we could probably have. Um, but I just hope they transition out of whatever they're going to do next with Omega into something a little smoother. Like maybe hold off on this whole hangman storyline until after he faces Pack or something or another. But I guess now that they set up this four-way tag match, it kind of doesn't help that. But I guess we got to wait and see when Bash at the Beach pops around. Um, but bro, the one thing I think you're going to be impressed with as far as like these last two episodes has been MJF. MJF has been impeccable. Um I mean, by far, he's probably the best heel in all of wrestling right now. Literally talking about over the holidays, like, how's your grandma so awesome if she's dead? You know, kissing fans, calling them rats, um, saying he's going to fuck Diamond Dallas Page's daughter. This man is all over the place, but he's catching great heat. And this is like the kind of heel heat wrestling needed as far as like televised wrestling goes. Um, and that's why I'm like a big fan of the whole Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble situation, because I think the WWE needs to draw that kind of heat once again. And it's not going to be as, 
you know, heated as like MJF heat, but it kind of gets you there. But who knows at this point what's going to happen with that. Um, but moving a little bit away from AEW, so ten, uh, not tonight, tomorrow night is the UK, the NXT UK uh, Blackpool Takeover 2. I, I don't know how they put it. NXT Takeover Blackpool 2, whatever they do from there. Um, but yeah, we got a pretty stacked card, I think. I, I don't know why they're going to do this pay-per-view now, given that in two weeks they're going to have the Worlds Collide pay-per-view. But then again, I'm not going to act like you know I'm the biggest NXT UK fan just because of the fact that I don't really tune in weekly, but I do at least keep up with what is going on to have an understanding of what's happening there. Uh, but we did want to at least give our predictions as far as that goes. So starting off with the beginning of the card, the first match I see is Trent Seven versus Eddie Dennis. Now, I'm probably going to have to go with Trent Seven just because of the fact of him being the vet here. Um, but who do you got in this one? Yeah, I, I mean... Um... Hmm. It's weird. I would normally say Trent Seven probably for this, but I actually think I'm going to go with Eddie Dennis because I think Trent Seven is already over with the crowd. I think Eddie Dennis is still trying to build up a little more, so I think they could I could see them giving him the advantage. So I'm I'm just going to go with Eddie Dennis for this one. Okay, I could dig it. Yeah, Eddie Dennis has been pretty impressive, and I would like to see him pick up the victory, but I don't know. Just something's telling me Trent Seven. I mean, um, it, that that would be the easy way out. Like if if you just went with uh, Trent Seven winning the match, it's it's a very safe bet. The, the crowd's going to pop for that. So. Um, and that's, that's a very easy finish you can do. So it, it, it could go either way. Honestly, I'm just going with Eddie Dennis because, um, I just think that they want to, they might want to, like I said, I haven't been watching, uh, NXT UK takeover either, uh, recently. So I don't know how they've been booking him or Trent seven, but, um, I don't know since it's like an NXT, uh, program, technically I could see them giving the not as over guy more of the advantage. So I'll go with Eddie Dennis just because of that. I mean, Eddie's booking has been pretty decent as of late. Um, you know, I don't watch live, but like I'll tune back in like when I get home and try to like watch the matches I like or like, you know, or no, the matches that, you know, intrigue me the most um, or any promotions I may catch like on social media. I, I'll maybe go on the network and like bring it up the episode and just like skip around a little bit. Um, but I think my pick was influenced by this second match mostly because this next match is Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. Who do you got? Oh, Tyler Bate. Um Jordan Devlin has he he is one of those where he does need to be built up a little more as well but I just don't see how you can convincingly have Jordan Devlin beat Tyler Bate I just don't so that's why I'm going with Tyler Bate now I love the big strong boy but I feel like that's where a screwy finish comes in and I'm actually going to go with Jordan Devlin I think that's why I had to pick Trent Seven before because I can't see both of the members of Mustache Mountain getting that victory. Well, so I'm going to go with Jordan Devlin. Yeah, that well, that, that would make sense since you went with uh, Trent Seven for the last match. But that's that's why I think Eddie, I think Eddie Dennis will have a, a, a dirty finish for that one. Um, but Tyler Bay, I just feel like he's lost so many matches, so many prominent matches, uh, whether it be like Pete Dunne or Walter. Um, he's just been like putting a lot of wrestlers over. And I think it's time that he should get a, a win. And I think against Jordan Devlin, that would be... That's a, that's a solid matchup, honestly. So I think that'd be a great win for him. So I would really like to see Tyler Bate win that match. Um, I, I think that's going to be an underestimated matchup, honestly. Yeah. And I, like, the only, like, I'd love to see Tyler Bate win because you're right. He, he really hasn't been on the streak he once was like when he first came to WWE. But I think it's also because he's so young that they're like, oh, well, we have so much time to like get him to where he needs to be. But this victory, if he were to pick up this victory would make the most sense for him to start bouncing back because Jordan Devlin kind of has like, you know, an established presence as far as like the UK goes. Um, 
But I, I think that's also why I kind of want to see Jordan Devlin win, maybe to kind of like bury, not bury, bury, like, you know, like the real term bury as far as like removing like a, a superstar, but like bury him just a little more to bring him back up that much greater, you know? I think that's what I would like to see out of that. Now, the next matchup we have is the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. It's a four-way match in a ladder match. And we have Gallus, which is Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. They're the champions currently. Versus Imperium, which is Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. Versus the grizzled young veterans, Zach Gibson and James Drake. And then against Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Now, I don't know if you noticed this yet, but all four of those teams were entered into the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Um, I did not notice that uh, all of them were. I didn't notice that uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster are in that uh, the Dusty Classic. Yeah, so there's eight teams, and those four teams, if I'm not mistaken, take up most of the of the field. Well, uh, the other half of the field. I don't even say most of because it's four teams. Um, it's kind of hard to choose who's going to win this one. Now, I, I feel like it's easy for me to say that I don't think Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster are going to win. I would like to see Imperium win because... When it comes to the Worlds Collide pay-per-view, it's Undisputed Era versus Imperium. So I would like to see Imperium have like all the belts uh, that the NXT UK div- uh, division has. So I I think I'm going to go with Imperium on this one. I really love Imperium in all honesty. I, I think they are one of the best tag teams. I love Gallus too. I love all these tag teams. But like I, like Imperium and Gallus are like the two clear-cut choices here. But I just have to give it to Imperium because of the fact that I want to see it NXT UK gold versus, you know, NXT gold and it's undisputed era versus Imperium because that's a perfect matchup of two incredible factions. So I'm going with Imperium. Yeah, uh, I'm going to agree with you there. Imperium, um, they deserve it. They should have it. It is their time. Um, It would make the most sense with Walter uh, being champion right now. Um, The only... uh, I guess negative about it is that Alexander Wolf doesn't have a title at that point. And it's like, damn, because I really like Alexander Wolf. So I, I think he deserves to be a champion too. Um, but hopefully they can do a free bird rule and he's considered a tag champion at least. Cause I think that's only fair, but I don't know if they will do that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. Um, I always thought they were fucking awesome even before when they were just singles competitors. So once they all became Imperium, I thought this was like one of the best factions ever. So um, yeah, I'm I'm all for Imperium. I want them to win this match, and I think they will win this match. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Imperium even won their first match in the Dusty Roads Classic. So I mean, they're they're like I said, they're a great faction. So I'm excited to see where this match goes. But yeah, Imperium is just kind of like the clear cut choice. Um, they should really make a a, a mid card title for NXT UK. I, I don't see why they wouldn't have that yet. But hopefully, with 2020, they're going to probably set that up. Um, so the second to last matchup that's here is the NXT UK Women's Championship match. It's in a triple threat. You have the champion Kaylee Ray versus Tony Storm versus Piper Niven. Uh, I'm going to go honestly with Kaylee Ray retaining in this one. I would like to see Tony Storm win. I'm not big on Piper Niven just yet, but I think Kaylee Ray has or not has needs a little more time with the belt. So I'm going to go with Kaylee Ray. Yeah, I, I think Kaylee Ray should should retain. Um, I think she won the championship initially a little too soon. But the fact that she has it, um, they might as well keep it on her and keep building her up. Because I thought uh, her appearance on uh, this week's NXT was really good. So I think she's a very good wrestler. 
Um, I just thought it was a little too soon because she hadn't been as exposed yet as some of the other women's wrestlers. Um, I don't know why, though. I'm going to go with a Tony Storm um, victory here. Um, I just I could see them wanting her to be a, a two-time women's uh, NXT UK women's champion. Um, and I, I low-key want her to win. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't it'd know. be great. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. Like, if she wins, that would be awesome. I, I'm not going to be upset with it. So I'm... Um, I'm gonna go with Tony Storm, but I think honestly, if if I were booking this match, I would probably keep uh, Kaylee Ray with retaining that title. Uh, I do think it's smart though that they have Piper Niven in the match because um, it helps um, develop her a little bit more, and also just to change up the match a little bit. So I just appreciate when when they do something just just to change it up a little bit, and it's not the same Raw and SmackDown shit where it's like the same match for eight weeks in a row. They're they're doing something different, so. Um, I, I'm I'm into that. So that. That's fine with me. So yeah, like I said, Tony Storm is going to win that match. I think. All right, and then the main event is Walter versus Joe Coffee. I got Walter all the way. That man is unstoppable, and I have no other words to say about that other than Walter. I don't see why Joe Coffee would need to win this match. I don't think it's realistic. Um, I yeah, Walter is going to win the match 100. There's I just don't think that um, all of um, Gallus holding the titles. I don't think that's interesting. I don't think, and I don't think that's going to help them get viewers at all. Um, and it's not like you know they are like just killing it right now with with the viewers on the network. So it's they. I no. Um, I think there's there's a lot more that you can do with Imperium well, holding are- the titles. You also can't set up Imperium versus Undisputed Era and then not have Imperium hold at least one belt or have all of the exactly. belts. Exactly, exactly. It makes no fucking sense otherwise. Um, makes no sense at all. I do think, though, this match is going to be interesting. Um, it's And it's weird. I, I, like I said, I haven't been watching NXT uh, UK on the weekly basis uh, for a while either, but um, Walter as far as I know, has always been a heel. So is it are they, if they're doing the heel versus heel thing, there's, Walter is going to be a face just by being in this match um there's no way the crowd's going to be cheering for joe coffee like he is like 100 percent a heel there's no like flexibility with him and with walter it's not like he's going to try to be a face and that's when i love it that's when i love when heels are faces when it's not like they're doing anything differently it's just the position they're put in so he's just going to be a face just because of this matchup and i'm all for it so walter should definitely win there's no reason why he shouldn't but i think the match is going to be really really good because like they're both so huge and strong so um, I think it'll be a really fun one. I, I would have never thought of this matchup, honestly, for, for a main event of, of a pay-per-view. But um, honestly, it's not a bad idea now that I think about it. And like the thing that works like with Walter getting like a face push out of this is that it's the world's collide pay-per-view as far as like his next matchup, pretty much. And it's okay that he's like still on that heel basis but has a face push going into that because it's one division versus another so it's kind of like saying like you know like my brand versus your brand nobody's hated anymore it's just that i need my brand to win no matter who's the bad guy or the good guy like my brand needs to win so it's like that that's what he needs going into that kind of situation so uh, i'm excited uh, honestly see the the world's collide pay-per-view this one's probably going to be good and it's going to you know suffice uh, leading into there um but yeah, I got Walter winning that all the way. I mean, he's he's phenomenal, man. How could you not like Walter? How could you not like Imperium? I mean, NXT UK is still great. They got great wrestlers. It's just, you know, for me personally, I'm not connected to it. Uh, but I could definitely watch it and still enjoy it because it's great wrestling nonetheless. 
Uh, but yeah, that's going to be a great show. NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. They're returning right back to where it all started. So I'm definitely excited to see that. Um, one thing I realized that we kind of forgot to bring up, and it's obviously one of the hot topics out right now, man, is this whole Bobby Lashley Lana wedding situation and Liv Morgan coming out and saying that she's uh, Lana's lover and all kinds of stuff. And now it's next week that we got Bobby Lashley versus Rusev. How have you been feeling about all that? Dude, I just want it to end so badly. <laughs> I was wondering, because I know I know you're not so big on like those kinds of storylines. I will say, if if you had seen like some of the weddings in the past as far as wrestling goes, it definitely matched up to that. But I feel like, yeah, they've dragged this storyline out way too long. I mean, Lashley and Rusev already had a matchup. Why are they going to have another? It is what it is, though. Um but yeah, that's probably where we're going to end it there. Was there anything maybe we're missing? Anything you wanted to bring up as far as wrestling goes? Um, SmackDown was really whatever yesterday. SmackDown is not great. Um, it's been, it's getting, the last two episodes have not been as terrible as it normally is. But ever since they went to, to Fox, I, I keep saying it, but it's just not been, I think it's been the worst it's ever been, honestly, that I can remember. As long as yeah. I've been watching SmackDown, it's been, this is the worst. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that now, like they did, they, it's like, they at least made an effort this week. It seemed like, um, it's still not great, but it, it's, it's an improvement. And I hope they're on the track to making it a better show. Cause it's sad that raw is the better show tech, uh, right now. Um, cause I've always liked SmackDown more as, as far as I remember, I I've always been more of a SmackDown fan, but it's, it's been so hard to watch recently. And there's, I just have to skip over so much lately. Like, the past few months, um, I've both Raw and SmackDown. I whether it be like the Lana and Lashley stuff. The last two weeks, I've just been skipping through it. If Baron Corbin comes on, I skip through it. Um, the only reason I watched Baron Corbin this week is because the Usos were involved. That's literally the only reason. So I appreciate them actually being strategic and and trying to to do something different to get me interested in just the the this terrible storyline. These terrible storylines, I should say. Um, but at the same time, they are doing some good things. I'm really into what they're doing, Drew McIntyre, and I hope that he does um, get far in the Rumble. And I would love to see him versus Brock. I would, or him just versus anyone for the title at this point, really, um, for one of the main titles. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. I think, I think, really, um, from the Rumble until WrestleMania this year, it's going to be really, really interesting compared to the last uh, previous years. Because I think the, the previous years. Um, I'd say like the last two or three years, they've been a lot more predictable and you knew what was coming. But I think this year it's a little more unpredictable. Like they can go a lot of different ways. Um, so it'll be it'd be interesting to see, especially with like, like we said, John Cena, him being gone. Will he come back? Will Edge come back? I just I don't know what they're going to do. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for everything they have in store. But for, as far as SmackDown goes, there's I, I guess I'll say two and a half three things that interest me there, right? Elias. Elias has been phenomenal. Otis with this whole Mandy Rose storyline has me rolling over laughing every single time. Um, did you see the way this man ate that cake yesterday? I think I honestly missed it. Like I watched the segment, but I guess I like looked away at that point or something. So I may have to watch it again. Um, but I, I honestly have been into the Otis storyline, the Otis Mandy Rose storyline. I thought it's actually been one of the, the decent things on SmackDown. Go back and watch it because when that GIF gets out, I feel like that's going to be my most overused GIF. Um, and then the third thing is honestly the return of the Usos. I, I'm really happy that they're back. 
And I like that they cut their hair. They got me thinking about maybe I should cut my hair, but probably not. Um, but they honestly came back and they're looking great as far as like their wrestling goes. Like they, they did, it, it feels like they didn't miss a step. They've been gone since I think they said July. And for them to be gone over five months and then come back and it's like they haven't missed a beat whatsoever. Uh, so I'm glad the Usos are back. And then the return of John Morrison as well. We can't forget that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like I've, I've always said, I'm a big John Morrison fan. Um, and I like the fact that they have him teaming up with The Miz again. That's the, I'm, I'm really into that. Um, so th- that will be fun to watch as well. Um, I just hope that they go more, they, they kind of like, um, I, I guess, double down in a way um, on the, the heel aspects of them. I want them to be really more like, I, and I think they will. I, I hope they will at least. Um, but I want to see that. I want them to be more like established as as firm heels and not tweeners and, and not like, oh, they're still, they're not really doing anything to be heels right now. They're just like, but they're, you know, like Miz was kind of being weird. But like, I hope that that carries on with the Bray Wyatt storyline and that Mil- Miz does go in that heel direction. So um, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, and, I, and I hope that they um, they come out on top with this like New Day feud because I just don't think that um, New Day needs to hold those ta- those tag titles any longer. Um, I think you could put it on uh, Miz and Morrison, and and it'll be good for both of them. I think it'll it'll do a lot more. It'll give Miz something to do. It, it gives it gives them everyone something to do. So, um, I'm really into that that matchup overall. So that'll be fun to watch. Oh, actually, just me and myself. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for that. Um, we got a lot of great wrestling to look forward to. We got a lot of great wrestling to look forward to. I'm definitely excited for what we got going. But we're probably going to wrap things up there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just want to let you guys know once again. Where do I even start? Well, let's start off with this, at least. If you tune on in, first off, thank you, first and foremost. We appreciate you. Um, this is our first SmartCast session of 2020. So for our wrestling fans who are tuning on in, I want to thank you guys. Um, Happy New Year to you guys as well. Um, next week you could catch me live at AEW Dynamite Bash at the Beach. I'm within a TV view. I think I'm like in the third or fourth row in the view right there. So hopefully you guys could catch me. I'll be wearing my Imano Talk merch. But speaking of Imano Talk merch, in about two weeks it will go back on sale. Not the same merch. That merch is gone. So if you did buy that first batch of merch, that's yours. No one else got it. Um, but we have new shirts coming on in and we even got dad hats coming out as well. So look forward to that. That will be available on imanotalk.com. Make sure you hit every single podcast um, platform, YouTube, Mixer, Twitch, all that good stuff. Subscribe, rate, comment. Let us know anything that we could do differently. We always appreciate that kind of stuff if possible. Um, what else could I think of right here? Well, oh, how else did I forget? Kev, two weeks. I'll see you in two weeks because in two weeks we'll be live at Kev's place having our watch along of the Royal Rumble. So you could watch us live uh, on all these streaming platforms in which you're tuning on in now, which is Facebook, Mixer, Mixer Twitch, and Periscope or slash Twitter, basically. Um, and you could watch us watching the Royal Rumble live from Kev's place. Hopefully a few friends of ours will join us as well. Uh, but we're looking forward to everything. Um, yeah, but without further ado, I hope you guys all have yourselves a beautiful day. Uh, Kev, thank you, man, always for tuning on in. Follow us on social media at Imanotalk. That's at E-M-A-N-O-T-A-L-K. But without further ado, I hope you guys have yourselves a wonderful day. Take care.